welcome back to the Sulish Podcast. In the previous episode, we talked about the war, the battle that happened during the night. And now as day breaks, it's becoming apparent to the Mughal forces that they've suffered a great loss. So the commanders of the various forces of the Mughals, they came running back to Lalabeg, who was the main commander. And they were telling them what happened during the night, that now most of the 25,000 are dead. Lalabeg then becomes very frightened. He becomes very anxious. And his nephew, the very big uh, Gobblebeg, is standing near him. So Lalabeg then conveys this. You know, and Gobblebeg can kind of sense that his uncle here is unsure about continuing forward. So Gobble says that, the Gobblebeg says that, uh, you know, now is not the time to think that we should retreat. You know, whoever's died, you know, they've died, they're gone. We can't do anything for them now. But what, what we can do is we can strategize for those who are left. We still have troops here. You know, those that were meant to die, they have died. You know, this is what happens in war. We can't worry about that. Lalabeg says, you know, why why should I not worry here? Like, look how many they've killed. How are we, how are we going to continue to fight here? Um, we don't even know where the enemies are. So at nighttime, when the battle took place, if you remember, Guru Hargobind sent a hundred troops forward from their position. And to alert uh, the Guru's forces so that when these forces were coming in from the Mughal side uh, reinforcements came from the Sikh side you know they shot they retreated they weren't sure where the shots were coming from so the area that they're fighting is basically desolate it's very uh, the terrain is kind of deserty but it has some vegetation but it's not like thick bush it's just like some trees here bushes here and at nighttime the Sikhs were specifically shooting out the people with the torches to create this confusion and some six were coming from different opposing sides so when the messengers went back to Lullabeg they told them that we're not even really sure what happened here where they were shooting from we ended up fighting amongst ourselves because we thought maybe they had you know pierced our ranks so Lullabeg is unsure about even where to progress here so he's having this discussion with um, his brother alongside him and his two sons alongside him as well. And uh, his brother says that, you know, they were killed. You know, we'd suffer these losses because, you know, basically we screwed up with the strategy. You know, we had tired troops. Um, they were hungry. Uh, they were cold. Uh, I did my best. Remember now this brother, Kamburbeg, he was in charge of that force that went in, that got massacred basically. So he's, you know, defending himself here as well. Um, he says like, you know, enemy was prepared for these conditions. You know, we, we couldn't see where we were fighting. And they shot our torchmen out. Uh, basically, we didn't properly consider um, strategy for war here. But now, given that we've made a mistake, sure, now uh is the time to jump in because it's not cold anymore and it's not dark anymore so we'll have a much better chance here he says mind you fine the troops are still hungry and still tired but uh but even then you know we can't retreat now the enemy is basically upon us so you know we only have one option to go in and fight 
Lullabeg agrees to this. So he takes his forces, all of them go together actually. And when they start approaching where the battle was fought last night, Lullabeg is just, he is just, doesn't know what to say. He yells out actually, Ya Khudai, like, oh god, you know, what happened here? How the hell did so many people die? Um, you know, there are corpses everywhere. There's a very vivid description here about even like uh, Lullabeg seeing some of the animals that were coming around to eat some of the rotten corpses and, uh, you know, how this blood is flowing. He, it really had an effect on him. So Lullabeg, he's taking um, with him his brother, the other commanders, and the remaining forces there. And they're making kind of one of their last stands here. Um, so as they're riding up to the battlefield, uh, Malak Jati, who is uh, a commander of the Sikh forces, uh, he's a Brahmin, and Jodhrai, the other commander, they saw these forces coming and uh, they went to go tell the Guru, actually, uh, a messenger, they sent a messenger from the front lines to tell the Guru. And they began uh, putting up a stiff resistance uh, to Lalabeg's forces. So the messenger then went down, uh, told the Guru about what's happening, that there's a big force coming, and they actually, actually can hear some of the gunshots now ring off. So Guru Hargobind then uh, mounts his horse here, and the horse he mounts is Sohela. Uh, if you remember in the Bidhichan episodes, Bidhichan brought, brought back two horses which were eventually named Janpai and uh, Sohela. Sohela means like bringer of joy, uh, giver of peace. So he mounts Sohela and uh, he rides up with the messenger who, Hassan Khan, who uh, if you remember from one of the previous episodes, was originally on the Mughal side, but then he changed forces. So Guru Hargobind rides up to where Jodhrai is with Hassan Khan by, him side, by his side. So Guru uh, Hargobind then asks Hassan Khan um, to point out who are the commanders. So Hassan Khan, you know, is pointing over there saying, you see that guy with the, with the gold helmet? He's wearing a very big, thick fur coat as well. Um, he has like a red tinged color horse and uh, he's actually, if you look at him, he has his hand up, he's pointing at you now too. He's, you know, extremely egotistical, Hassan Khan saying about, uh, about Lalabe. So uh, Hassan Khan's pointing at Lalabe and then he says, you know, on his uh, right side, that's his younger brother, Gumbarbe. So he has a horse, uh, it's like a brownish color, they call it a bay color horse. And, um, you know, this horse is extremely fast. Uh, Hassan Khan is telling Guru Hargobind. And then he says, okay, you see that, that other massive guy? This is uh, Lullabeg's nephew. And he says uh, his name is Gobblebeg, and he practices Shastar Vidya, um, you know, martial arts all day. You know, he's an excellent swordsman. But uh, Hassan Khan says, but, you know, look at the state of them now. You know, I, I was amongst these forces before. I can tell that their spirit's broken. If you want to do damage to them, jump in now at this time is the time to attack. So Guru Hargobind looks over at Hassan Khan, actually laughs a little bit and says, all right. He just grabs his bow and quiver and uh, he heads his forces. He leads the forces in now against Lullabeg's forces. So they all rush in. And actually just before they rush in, Guru tells Jodhrai, 
Um, Alright, you take half of the forces and then flank them from the south side. And Jodhara agrees with this and says, Alright, this is what I'll do. Uh, he praises the Guru, he does a salutation of the Guru's feet. Um, and then this, you know, massive battle then kicks off. So um, the text goes into a pretty uh, vivid description about kind of uh, the horror of the battle. That, you know, people's arms are being chopped off, people are getting shot in the face, uh, some horses are falling on people, you know, there's blood trickling down everywhere. You know, you could see even some um, guns, you know, some of the guns have been cut up by people, you know, attacking them. So people's swords are lying on the ground, you know, the spears being covered in blood. It's a very graphic uh, description, much like you would find um, in texts of that era from like uh, even prior to that era in, in battle stories, you know, in the Dasam Guru Granth Sahib and other such, such texts. So there's a bit of a pause now in this battle as um, the six then end up, again, because of that flank, um, coming at a point where they're catching the Mughal army off guard here. And because of that, they've caused more confusion and they're just basically decimating this army now. So there's a bit of a pause here when this happens because they, the Mughal forces then realize that they're just getting... Uh, screwed over here so they kind of pull back a little bit and Lullabeg is there now thinking that he's at the back commanding these forces right and he's thinking holy hell like I only have my main soldiers left you know and along with the commanders here so out of this fourth force of about 10,000 that happened that were there in this battle for the Mughals at this specific time there was only about one like a thousand left here one tenth of that left and he's, he's just in this anxiety, he's thinking about what, what to do now. There's no way, every time I go in, I, we're getting butchered. Gobblebeg says his nephew is standing beside him again, reassuring him to saying that, listen, you don't wimp out here. You remember that you took an oath in front of Shah Jahan. You picked up that sword, you chewed the beetle nut. This is kind of an, representing an oath that happens in the Mughal court and he says don't worry I know a, a way around this Gobblebig says Gobblebig says that uh, I've heard the Guru is this very chivalrous warrior um, you know the whole world knows about his bravery you know he's fought in these battles before people are amazed about you know how he can take some few warriors and and uh, get such uh, success out of them beating large numbers numbers and what I'll do is I'll go challenge him one-on-one. -on -one. And I don't think he'll back down. I, I truly believe he's a, uh, an honorable warrior. So given that, what I'll do is I'll either capture him or I'll just kill him there in front of everybody and demoralize the six. So Gobblebeg then grabs his horse and begins to ride out. And Lalabeg's brother, Gumbarbeg, he begins to yell out to Gobblebeg saying, hey, I don't think you realize who you're going against here. Don't be too cocky about this. You know, look at what just happened here. We, we took this large force and we're getting decimated. We don't even know why. Like, we can't realize, you know, how they're attacking us. Just don't do it, please. 
and uh, you know, uh, Gobblebig is extremely egotistical. He doesn't care. He doesn't even listen. He doesn't respond. And uh, so he rides out, and he's riding very slowly. And basically, the Mughal forces have kind of pulled back just a little bit here. So it almost looks like there's like a messenger coming. So Guru Hargobind then is looking at Hasan Khan and says that messenger from the Mughal side originally and says, yeah, who's this guy riding up very slowly here? Hasan Khan says, oh, that's that gobble big that I was telling you about. You know, that amazing swordsman. Uh, he's super strong, as you can see. He's just a massive dude. Um, and then Hasan Khan is praising him for his abilities, basically, and his strength. That he can, you know, uh, he can basically break a, a coin with his hands. He gives all these analogies about how strong Gobblebeg is. So as Gobblebeg approaches, he yells out to Guru Hargobind saying, you know, the world calls you a Peer, like a Muslim holy man, a holy man. Well, I have one desire, and I want you to fulfill that desire. I want to duel you. And uh, Guru Hargobind, listening to this, gets a little furious and says, you know, hey, listen, we're standing here ready. Out of all of you Turok Muggles, you know, I don't even see any soldiers fighting. I just see cowards amongst you all. No one around here has shown any strength at all. Y'all just are standing there, um, you know, acting like wimps, basically. Like, uh, none of you are, you know, displaying any of your strength. You, you know, you've entered this battlefield kind of like a new wife enters her in-law's house, all submissive and ashamed here. You know, you guys have weapons on, but you all just died in vain because you acted like cowards. So he says, you know, well, bravo to you. At least there's one soldier here amongst all of you guys. And don't worry, I'm going to fulfill your desire. So Gobblebeg's all happy about this, and he says, oh, okay, great. But I have one request. I want you to get off your horse. I want you to battle me with just a sword and a shield. So the Guru Hargobin, he agrees and says, all right, fine, let's do this. Lala Beg's yelling back, uh, Lala Beg, that commander of the whole army, his uncle, is yelling from the background saying, you know, you can do it, basically encouraging him. And on the sixth side, it's uh, talking about Bidhi Chand, Jodhrai, Malak Jati, all the commanders, how they're just watching and in awe. And all the warriors now have kind of stopped fighting and, and just watching this. You know, the six, Bidhi Chand and these lot, they're all... You know, they have full faith in the Guru that, you know, this is going to be no problem for him. But they think they're like, it's as if this massive drunk elephant is fighting a tiger. Because, um, as described before in one of the previous episodes, Gobblebeg is just renowned for his size. He's just a massive beast. Even, you know, that being said, it's known that Guru Hargoin was massive as well. But uh, that just shows how big this Gobblebeg must have been. So they begin both uh, approaching each other. And as they're uh, getting into range, they begin their footwork and they move now like from left to right. And they start judging each other, the opponent, each other's range, getting a sense about their movement, figuring out where to land their strike. Both of them, their footwork is extremely fast, but nobody is striking it. Everybody's just, they're just both moving around, positioning themselves. Eventually, uh, Guru Hargobin says, all right, forget this now, hit me. Either hit me now or regret it later. Because once I do my strike, you won't be able to save yourself. And I will soak the blood. I will soak the ground with your blood, he says. 
Gobblebig then, it says almost like a dancer jumps. He covered such ground with his footwork and he struck down at the Guru. But uh, Guru Hargobin raised his shield, which was in his left hand, to block it. And he, Guru Hargobin immediately strikes back with his right hand sword. He strikes diagonally. But uh, Gobblebeg then sinks low, almost like in a squat position, to avoid the strike. Gobblebeg then does an upward strike as he is raising himself again. And the strike, as so he was basically sunk down on his right knee. And the text, from reading the text from what I make of it, the sword, he must have moved his sword hand on the right side of his body over to his left and done a thrust with this curved sword towards the Guru's body. But as Guru Hargobind blocks his arm, so instead of blocking the, in the sword, Guru Hargobind just suppressed his arm, the tip of the blade then ended up stabbing uh, Guru Hargobind's left arm. And this ended up causing blood to stream out and soaking uh, Guru Hargobind's white jama or chola or dress. And then Guru Hargobind then roars at this moment and, and suppresses Gobblebeg's arm even further and pushes the arm into his body and throws him back. So Lullabeg, you know, after Gobblebeg gets thrown back, um, but still stabbed the Guru and Guru's, uh, his dress is now soaked, his white dress is now soaked in red. Lala Big in the back is yelling, you know, bravo, bravo, you know, you can do this, basically either kill him or capture him. Santok Singh was saying, the writer, the author of the text is saying, you know, this idiot, uh, Gobblebeg, didn't even realize that like, the Guru is just basically playing with him. And uh, Gobblebeg, as he approaches again, he's really happy. He says he has now this uh, hubris in him that, I, you know, I've, I've nicked the Guru here and I'm just going to finish him off here. So he quickly, you know, approaches Guru Hargobind again. But as he approaches Guru Hargobind and they're face to face, Guru Hargobind positions a little bit to the right, so Gobblebeg's left side. And with his shield hand, he presses down on Gobblebeg's shield hand, which is in his left hand as well, and, and suppresses that shield and pushes it down. As he pushes it down, Guru Hargobind takes his sword and from the and strikes down such that it cuts from Gobblebeg's right, uh, sorry, left shoulder down to his right waist side. So it's basically like Guru Hargobind's cutting him like he's wearing a seatbelt. In the text, they use an analogy like he's wearing a janeu, or basically you could say like he's wearing a, a gatara. This would be worn on the on the reverse side though. If you can think of how a, how a gatara comes from the right down to the left. He's cut gobblebeg from the left shoulder down to the right hip. And as he cuts down, the cut is completely clean and gobblebeg then just falls apart in two. As Gobblebeg's body is just now falling to the ground in two. The six in the back are just yelling battle cries and saying, you know, victory to the Guru, victory to the Guru. And at the same time, while Gobblebeg's blood now is, is soaking into the ground. So in the next chapter where we pick up Gumberbeg, the, the general uh, Lullabeg's younger brother, is going to lead an assault to try to avenge his nephew's death. And that's what we'll pick up next time. Get out, I got
गाऊंगा चढ़ के आरेगा मरेगा शरण भरेगा गुरु आरिंग 